Crank up the volume and get ready for real-world bird hunting by listening to the Wingman Podcast by Eastman's. Now your host, Todd Helms. Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by High Mountain Seasonings down in Riverton, Wyoming. I specifically want to talk to you today about the rubs that those guys have. And I'm not talking about back rubs. I'm talking, or foot rubs for that matter. I'm talking about the rubs that you put on meat, seasonings. I've been using the High Mountain Seasonings rubs for a couple years now. And where I find they just absolutely shine is cooking duck breasts and goose breasts on a super hot grill or over super hot fire. What I like to do is I I really, really like the garlic pepper rub that High Mountain Seasonings offers. And I like to, I like to liberally coat a duck or a goose breast in that stuff in a mixture of olive oil. And then I take it and I put it on a smoking hot grill, hot as I can get it. And I sear that thing just like a ribeye steak. And I pull it off there at about medium rare, um, 120, 125. I let it sit for a little bit, not too long. I slice it thin and then I sprinkle more of that garlic pepper rub over the top. I have gotten so many compliments. Guys are just wolfing that stuff down, whether it's at my house or whether it's in a hunting camp or wherever it may be. And it's not me. It's the High Mountain Seasonings, guys. You need to be you need to be using those products. If you're like me and you might be a little bit, I don't know, uncreative in the kitchen, check out their full lineup of recipes on their website as well. High Mountain, you literally has ideas printed out right on there and recipes, easy to follow directions right on the website. I'm telling you, you're going to take these ducks and these geese that are always good eating, always have been good eating, and you're going to take them to the next level with High Mountain Seasonings. So, hey, make sure you're checking out everything that they've got, both at HighMountainJerky.com, their website, and in your local grocery store or whatever sporting goods retailer that you use. It's the product is probably there. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Wingman Podcast. This time we are recording live from Hunt Expo in Salt Lake City, and I have the pleasure to sit down with John Zinnel from Federal Premium. Yeah, happy to be here, man. Yeah, what, a great, for what a great, what a great opportunity. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm good, man. It's the show is open, man. It, the doors swung open and people just started rushing in, and so it's a fun-filled weekend, and it's just it's here, you know. It's yeah. A good time. It's like the booths are set up. Yeah. When what day did you guys get here? You know, I flew in yesterday morning. We had another came in before then. We had you know some transition. There's there's always weather hitting different parts of the country, so some folks had some challenging times getting in. But um, you know, we got in. This is just such a fun show. People come from all over the place. You know, right. not just from the west. You know, I think we see it as a lot of the you know obviously the western hunting conservation expo, but. Boy, there is a pile of people that are coming out of the Midwest, coming out of the South, just because they're passionate, mm-hmm. you know. And it's a fun group of people to be around. It is. You know, it's one of those things where all the work's done. We've come in this morning. We're making final tweaks on the booth, you know, getting <laughs> everything just dialed just right. And the door's open, and folks are already streaming in. Yeah. And so it's this is about the coldest I think I've ever seen Salt Lake. I know. It is actually cold. There's good snowpack in the mountains, which is a whole other great thing to, yeah. to happen for conservation, other than some of the heavy snow with the deer are certainly challenging on that front. But it is cold. I mean, they had all the doors open yesterday as we were coming in here, and 
Holy smokes, it was chilly yeah. as we were getting everything set up. But I think that, uh, you know, Thursday is always just that fun kind of ramp-up day, you know. People are coming in, and, and the afternoon gets busy. And, of course, they got a big, uh, big welcome back kickoff party tonight with a banquet. So it'll be fun to see that as well. Heck, yeah. Yeah, we yeah. had the, the pre-party last night. Yeah. And uh, on the Eastman side of things, Ike was emceeing that, and we had a Q&A with a bunch of folks from, from the industry. It was, it was neat. It was yeah. neat to see – Everybody's jacked up, amped up, ready for this. So oh, sure. It's here. It's yeah. that time of year, That's man. Right. That's right. Yeah, kind of coming off of the fall and all the seasons, and now everybody gets to share their stories, but also their enthusiasm about what they're going after next fall. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So give us a rundown on what you do with Federal. Sure, yeah. So I, uh, I get the, the, fun, the fun job, right, of, of working through and managing all of our conservation partnerships and relationships. So all the various organizations that we support, um, I do a lot of work with state wildlife agencies as well when we start talking about, you know, what's happening in the world of whether it's, you know, birds, bucks, or bulls, or bears. Like, all of those conversations impact, you know, those those hunting license holders, and those are our customers, right? So we want to make sure that we have a close relationship with them. Um, so I get to manage those, those contacts with the conservation groups, state wildlife agencies, um, and just kind of bring it all full circle and show what it is that we do as a, as a very large, you know, ammunition manufacturer to support wildlife conservation and, and tell that story of not only, you know, the, the federal excise tax side, but what we do as a company to support all those various organizations as well as supporting the state wildlife agencies and support their efforts of getting more people out there involved, whether it's, you know, chasing pheasants or chuckers or, or chasing after big game if they're on a destination, you know, opportunity or in their backyard. So um, I do that. And then I also get to help and, and you know, really satisfying opportunity to to support the uh, the youth shooting sports side of things, right? We've seen a very large insurgence of um, great organizations growing competitive shooting programs, whether it's on the shotgun side or the handgun or rifle side. And so that all kind of ties into their full circle as well, because a lot of those conservation programs support those efforts, too. So, yeah, yeah. Busy guy. Busy guy. Yeah. You got your always, fingers in a lot of pies. Always moving and shaking, you know, and it, yeah. but it's it's so fun and it's rewarding as well to, to go and tell those stories. And, you know, I think the more and more as an industry that we can do to go through and, and tell the story of, of what it is that we're doing to support. We're not just there cranking out ammunition, right? All of our all, all of our factory workers, all of our office employees, you know, we're all passionate about what it is that we do. It's not just a job, you know, it's, it's our lifestyle, right? And, and what it is that we're doing. And so to try to tell those stories and, and really connect with our consumer, um, you know, helps us out on the business side of things. Yeah, that's, that's super cool. What, um, what are you working on right now? We got any special projects that you're you know, so we're just uh, a lot of things, right? So as we come through and, you know, obviously it's it's the middle of winter, so it's certainly right. challenging when it comes to the, you know, the, the competitive shooting side of things. There's a few programs in the south and some things that are ramping up and, and picking up with that. So I'm working a lot on that, getting ready for the spring and summer programs um, to ramp in. And then, of course, you know, with these consumer shows, it's the great opportunity to be there and to bring our engineers to these shows, whether it's here at the Western Hunt or heading off to the Turkey Federation show or Pheasant Fest. That's just great time to connect with our consumers to find out, you know, how are our products performing in the field, whether they're out, you know, chasing pheasants or ducks or, or how are things, you know, in the future going to look and what is it that they want or what is it that they need um, as those end users of our products. So um, so that's really where it is, ramping into that, that springtime, you know, really kicking off. Of course, then turkey season, there's a right. lot of folks that are excited right. about that. Um, and, and then, you know, everybody's always dreaming 
to the fall, right? The fall is, I mean, that is game time for so many of us as we're going and heading the field. Um, and so really trying to just ramp into there and, and launch a few new products along the way and, um, and hitting up. So it's, it's a busy time of the year, even if there's not a lot of seasons to be out there in the field. You know, we're, all, yeah. we're, always, we're always trying to take that next step and, and, uh, and engage with our consumers. You know, it's a big deal for us. One of the things you said about, you know, working with, I think it's important to, to, to t take a step back for a second and really focus on that conservation side of what you do. Because I, I think the more people I talk to in, through Wingmen, through Eastman's, through whatever it might be, the, the large audience that we impact and we, and we talk to is pretty dialed into the conservation side of things. But there's a whole other group of folks out there and we're start we see it we're starting to see it more and more and more. They don't understand the North American model of wildlife conservation. Oh, absolutely. They don't understand those excise tax. They don't understand Pittman Robertson. Mm -hmm. And so it's like we we need to be advocates for that. Absolutely. You know, we need to be saying, "Hey, that this is this is we're not just consumptive users. This money that we're that we're spending goes back into habitat. It goes back into conservation work. It goes back into protecting these animals. Yeah. And so, yeah, we're, we're hunting for a couple <laughs> months out of the year, but our dollars are at work 365 days Absolutely. a year. You know, and, and hunter education takes a great role in that as well. We start, you know, we talk a lot about conservation, but, you know, we want to as, you know, as field users, right, as us being out there hunting and being, being part of that ecosystem, you know, that hunter education side is another great aspect to be able to push in and to support, um, not only to bring more people out there, but to try to tell the story for a lot of those newcomers. We're getting a lot of adult onset hunters that, you know, never never pulled a trigger, never went out there. And now the, the whole, you know, field to fork <coughs> movement of really trying to know where it is that their, their food is, is coming from, um, we've seen a lot of that, and that's the time to really tell that story about conservation funding and, and the North American model. I mean, holy smokes, people don't know about it. So to try to find those different audiences to tell the story is a huge, huge deal. And, and that's everybody from the, you know, the, the quote-unquote weekend warrior that's just going out there and, and chasing birds a little bit throughout the season a couple days a year to the guys that are the diehards running dogs, you know, three, four, five, six, you know, six days a week in some cases. Right. And, uh, um, the story needs to be told. And I think as an industry, you know, we're really putting a lot of focus on that, trying to be able to tell that conservation story. And, and not only on the, the excise tax side, but what is it that we do, you know, as a company? Federal Ammunition has supported these conservation groups for decades. You know, the Mule Deer Foundation here, we're a big supporter of that organization. I actually sit on their board of directors. So that's another opportunity for us as an industry to engage a conservation program and really see and help to manage that mission of the organization and, and what they're doing for, you know, mule deer and blacktail deer across the western landscape is a, is a great opportunity for us. Yeah. No, I, I, that's, I think that's so such an important thing that we have to stay focused on because it's, it is, it's easy to just, well, I'm, I'm, you know, we just get lost in that <laughs> melee sometimes. It's like, no, there's, there's way more at work here. This oh, is absolutely. way, way bigger than us. Yeah. And I, I applaud you guys and what you do. Obviously, we love our partnership with with you guys. I got to go hang out with 
uh, Brian Kelvington. Yeah, absolutely. Up in, in Montana. Montana. Yeah. And we got to test out some of the new products that you guys are launching. Sure. Some of the heavy bismuth. It's yeah. actually, I think it's officially made its debut now. It is. Yeah, yeah. We <coughs> kind of officially launched it off at SHOT Show um, earlier this year into January. And what a great opportunity to have a, a fantastic product, right? So that that's it's heavy bismuth loading it into a, a federal product, and it is it's a hard hitter. I, I had the chance to be able to use some as well this fall. Um, what a great product extension into that world of, of bringing in, especially for those hunters that are heading out and they may be doing you know mixed bag opportunities or going from one piece of property to another and they're not having to worry about what they have in their pockets for right. ammunition. Going, right. you know, you can take this one-stop shop and, and take that product out. I think it's you know that that heavy bismuth is about 9.6 grams per cubic centimeter. You know, which puts it you know 22% denser than steel. So when you start talking density and what that performance does when you're in the field. Um, it, it's, it's unbelievable. You know, you have the ability to, to really um, take great ethical shots um, at your game, whether you're chasing upland birds or crossing over into that waterfowl world. Um, it's just a great load all around. Yeah, it's, that's, I think that particular product is very appealing to guys that, you know, say, we're, say you're in South Dakota and you drew a waterfowl hunt. So you get to chase waterfowl, and you can hunt pheasants. Absolutely. With that product, you just you're one and done. Yeah. You just grab a box or two of that, and you go, and it's the only ammunition you need. You don't need to be switching back and forth, because a lot of stuff in South Dakota, for example, state 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 land in South Dakota, you have to shoot a non toxic load. Yep. And so. Yeah, like you said, you don't have to worry about it. You just no. grab get, grab ammo and go. And the performance, too. I mean, you guys, when you were in Montana, I mean, you guys were shooting just some monster geese, right? right? I mean, right. they're just coming into that. And, and uh, so you were able to, to go off something like that where you are able to, to maybe knock down some just giant geese in the morning and then go off and chase some roosters or, or, uh, or huns or something else in the afternoon and, and uh, be able to use that same product. I mean, it is a great, a yeah. great, great opportunity for us to bring that forth and, and, uh, and really promote that. No, it, it, it's phenomenal. You know, it's one of those things that I had a chance to, to put it through its paces. My dad actually came out from Iowa, and we met one of my brother, and we got to hunt. And there was one morning where we weren't filming. And so I said, Dad, you want to shoot your old heirloom shotgun? He's got an old <laughs> Remington 3200 three-inch Magnum. Oh, nice. And it's it's chrome-lined, but, man, I hate to run steel through it. Yeah. Because it's old. Yep. And he's like, oh, yeah, I suppose. I was like, here's some – try this too heavy bismuth. I yeah. was like, I think you're going to like it. He was swatting birds with that stuff and just crushing them. <laughs> Big grin on his face because he got to shoot his old, you know, his old gun yeah. that he hadn't shot in years. Oh, that's and awesome. And had another one that uh, had some two and three-quarter inch – bismuth loads yeah and he had um he got to shoot that on one of his old two and three quarter inch guns one oh, morning too nice. that's, that was even older yeah. so that was really cool and being able to do that and not sacrifice performance oh absolutely that's you're the actually best getting part. better performance yeah yeah, and, and you know, and there's a lot of other things. I think when you guys were in Montana too, you you know, you kind of had a mix between that that heavy bismuth load. You also ran some of our uh, black cloud yep. up there too. And you know, what a great what a great product that is too, because you get the uh, that flight control flex wad, which just is you know 
fantastic when it comes to what that oh. capability is. I mean, yeah. it is really, a, really a great load. And so, um, so you guys were able to kind of mix it up that way and get to test and side-by-side -side opportunities of, of different things and, and different people in the blind as well, kind of mix that up. But, um, you know, obviously we, we keep pushing with that and we've, we've added some other options on that black cloud side and the sub gauge, you know, we've got a 28 gauge black cloud and thank you. What, <laughs> what a load that is. I mean, holy cow, that is, especially as that, that sub gauge world, that is just a huge resurgence of the sub gauge, whether it's 28s or 16s. I mean, there are a lot of people, a lot of gun manufacturers that are pumping out, you know, firearms for it, which is right. great because the consumers want to do it. They want to go and, and, and jump back into those sub gauge worlds. And now there's a lot of technology that, that we've been able to push through on the, on the market there for, for the ammunition side. So I, I'm, I always rile up my older generation of listeners who grew up <laughs> in the glory days of shooting lead. You know? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I'm very fond of saying that the best thing that happened to the shotgun industry, whether it's ma mainly shotgun ammunition, is banning, was banning lead yeah. shot for migratory birds. And they get all upset. I'm like, just I'm not trying to ruffle your feathers. Just, just hear me out. Yep. And uh, then we start. I lead that conversation into we wouldn't have the developments in the technological advancements that we do because it kind of that necessitated those that change. Oh yeah. And shotgun ammunition today is so much better than oh, it was absolutely. when I was a kid. Yeah. It's night and day how yeah, much better it is. Those first steel loads, you know, it was all about speed, right? Because right. you didn't have that density of a product, so you had to pump it with speed in yep. order to have that ethical harvest. And now with the technology, you know, like that black cloud with the flight control flex wad, um, the, you know, the blended shot opportunities. And now as we kind of move in, we talk heavy bismuth, right? So there's blends there. You know, we, we even have a black cloud TSS that is the, you know, you pull in a TSS load that's 18 grams per cubic centimeter. Um, you're able to really, um, the, the technological advancements like you mentioned, I mean, it is, it's there. And, and the ability to, to not have wounded game is a big deal for us as sportsmen. We don't want to have that happen. And, and if that's what it took was, was that innovation side of things. And we'll always continue to try to push that envelope and see what we can do to come up with next. And it's so fun to hear the different meetings, right? My, my office desk, I don't know why they put me where they did, and, but maybe it was just so that I could hear some of these interactions. But we had um, all of our engineers sit outside of where my office is and next door, and they're always coming and going and testing and trialing and doing all these different things and pattern boards and ballistic gels and high-speed cameras. And it's so cool to see that <coughs> and what they put into that, uh, those product launches, you know, as we, you know, we, we revamped that, that Black Cloud wad into the Flight Control Flex. We don't have any issues with choke tubes and what we're doing on, on porting out and any of those issues. And now, you know, bringing that into that sub-gauge market is just huge, you know, huge. It's so, it's so fun going back, you know, kind of revisiting the sub-gauge topic. We've realized, at least I have realized, that I don't need that 3.5-inch 12-gauge load. Yeah, any, absolutely. You know, to shoot, to, to shoot ducks. My, hunting, my duck hunting's kind of evolved into... First of all, I want to shoot them right in the decoys. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, and everybody does. Yeah. That's not always the reality of the day. Exactly. But it's kind of like I pick, I'll pick my spots till I'm looking for those sub-gauge spots. Sure. Where I'm like, these, this is a little tiny body of water. These birds, when they come in, they're going to be close. Yeah. And I want to shoot a 28-gauge. I want to shoot a 410. Yeah. In those instances. It's fun. I'm not tearing up my birds exactly when you're badly. bringing it back. Yeah, yeah. So it's just really cool, and I, I applaud you guys for jumping on that. 
because there's a there's a growing market for that. There's no doubt about oh, it. Oh no, absolutely. You know, and as there's more ability in that in the firearm market, right? And there's more folks that are bringing them to market. That just helps to really push in that opportunity for us to keep delivering product on the sub gauge side. And yeah. it's fun. I mean, I I'm in the same boat, right? I don't shoot three and a half inch on anything, turkeys or anyway. I took all my three and a half inch that I had and I gave them to my younger nephew, right? And I said, hey, you're a young guy. You go out and tear it up and and use these because I'm not going to use it. I mean, I've stepped down in the turkey world, you know, to where I'm shooting most everything is is uh, 20 gauge and below you know right. i'm excited about getting out with the 410 this spring and doing some doing some 410 loads and um, but on the waterfowl and upland front you know i've really transitioned into you know running a 20 gauge and running 28s and 16s and uh, and and really focusing on watching the dogs work and and coming in close if it's uh you know running pointing dogs or if you're running flushing dogs you know that you have that the, the load that you need to knock down those birds, you know, if you have some stuff later season that's flushing out wild and, and uh, you know you can do it now. You right. know what I mean? And then right. that's awesome. The other thing you guys have, the, the load that – so I'm just going to – my favorite load that you guys make is the Black Cloud TSS. Oh, yeah. yeah. That stuff is ridiculous. In the 20-gauge, in the 12, doesn't matter what it is. I always joke, I'm like, it's like shooting geese with depleted uranium. <laughs> you know, you, there are no cripples. Oh, you know, no, if, absolutely. If you do your job and you shoot well, yeah, there are no crippled birds. They are stone dead. No, it's a huge deal. So I, I've never really chased after diving ducks, divers mm-hmm. up north. And so I was able to go with Delta Waterfowl and really chase after divers, redheads and canvasbacks. And, and we were using a lot of black cloud. You know, we, we even brought in a lot of our blue box WF loads, you know, WF-142, twos, and some of those loads into there. And then we did mix in and had a few people shooting that TSS, and uh, it was it's unbelievable. You know what I mean? When you're out on some of those big water hunts oh, yeah. and some of those diving ducks that are just so tough, um, it, it, it gives you that opportunity to have less cripples. Your dogs aren't having to chase, chase ducks down, you know, and or just put yourself into a, a river situation, right? You're hunting the river. That's you us. Do, you, need to, you need to really watch that when you got your dogs going out there. Yep. And if you're able to not have cripples that are running off on you and having your dogs work twice as hard, you can hunt twice as long. You know what I mean? You can hit it up. You can go out the next day, and those dogs aren't huffing and puffing. Um, so that load is, is unbelievable. And, and you mentioned, too, right? 12-gauge and 20-gauge, so you're able to step it down Absolutely. and use a 20-gauge when you start bringing out, you know, whether it's kids or, or smaller-statured shooters and hunters heading out there, you know, dump them into a 20-gauge option. Autoloader, you can go out, and, and they're still going to drop as many birds oh, yeah. as everybody else is. So that is just a, an awesome opportunity just to, to get more people out there that maybe otherwise wouldn't. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. The other, the other time I've had a couple conversations with TSS – regarding TSS where I knew of guys that were doing like a lifetime trip. Oh, sure. Like they drew, one guy drew an emperor goose tag. Oh, nice. And I'm like, dude, do yourself a favor and buy two boxes of this black cloud TSS. Yeah. Just trust me. Yeah. Go with, go with the BB by sevens for those geese. And you don't know how long your shot's going to be. You don't know what your opportunity might be. This is a once in a lifetime deal. Yeah. Make it count. Absolutely. Take the best ammunition that you can take. No, yeah. When you're going on a trip like that or, you know, even the guy that's... Eiders, king eiders. yeah, absolutely. You're not doing a ton of shooting. It's not high volume. Exactly. So it pays for it. You know, it doesn't pay for itself. But you're not crippling birds. You're not having to chase birds. You're not having a lifetime bucket list bird get away. Sure. 
yeah. you know. It's a huge, it's a huge deal. You know, for me, that was kind of that diver situation, right? Going up there and being able to hunt those divers, that was, that was awesome. That was a big deal. I've never done that. I, mean, I grew up in the Midwest, you know, grew up in Iowa, Minnesota, that whole chain in there. And you shoot a lot of ducks. A great, great place to be for upland and waterfowl. Um, but going up there, that was kind of that deal, right? And so you want to be able to choose and pick the best that you can. And, you know, and, and really focus on when you're out there and you get the opportunity to, to shoot clays and to practice on the off season, right? That's when we start talking that, you know, the, the youth programs, <laughs> and competitive shooting and how important that is and trying to bridge those gaps of you know bringing these kids and these new shooters in and bringing them full circle over into the uh into the hunting side of the world you know you want to know where your shotgun's going to shoot so if you're jumping into that new load and going to shoot a, a you know a, a tss you know seven by bb you, you want to be able to pattern it too right you want to be able to go out and make sure that you know where you're going to shoot so that way when you have that maybe once in a lifetime opportunity birds right. coming in but maybe the distance slid out just a little further or go. maybe you know how many people do you talk to going around to these events or even tailgate talk <coughs> and and you hear about you know oh that bird was so many yards away or this bird was so you know most of those when you go through and you start saying you know how far was it really you right. know what i mean when you start gauging distance on a bird that's decoying in or that's passing by it's hard to do for somebody that, you know, even like yourself that's out there hunting birds all the time and taking it as a lifetime passion, you know, it's challenging. Oh, and, yeah. And so you, oh, yeah. you want to make sure that you have the product that's going to be able to, to, to do the job. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't agree with you more on that one. You know, it's it's funny because I've shot it for – shot the, the Black Cloud uh, TSS for three years now. Did various, you know, all kinds of stuff. Oh, yeah. And it is – invariably there's a shot that happens if you're if you're with a crew of guys that whether it's me or one of the other guys or somebody makes a shot that's just like jaw dropping oh yeah you know you're like <laughs> holy smokes and our line anymore we just look at look at look back and go tss yeah because <laughs> it's like it's like, who, who got that bird i don't know who's the one shooting tss yeah, exactly that's who killed it yeah. you know what i mean yeah it is it is jaw dropping, you know, and then and then there's the the high volume stuff. I had if I'm going to do a, like when we went to Canada last year, we had the opportunity. They, all the ammunition was provided. Oh sure, but we we took a few boxes of Black Cloud yeah. three inch twos, cover a wide spectrum oh, yeah. of what we were doing, and the ammo that they provided, that the outfitter provided for us, was. Uh, as a brand I'd never shot before. I'd never even heard of before. Mm -hmm. It was a Canadian, Canadian manufacturer. Yeah, yep. And it was cheap. Yeah. Like, really cheap. And I had Black Cloud. Brandon had a couple boxes of Speed Shock, the blue, blue box. Blue box, yeah. Both three-inch twos. Yep. We'd, like, the, I'll never forget this. There was one day we got into this, and some of these, some of this other ammo wasn't, wasn't firing. <laughs> You know, <clears throat> birds would decoy, and you'd stand up and shoot, and nothing would fall. Yeah. And I'm going, I looked at Brandon, and I'm like, dude, <laughs> I, I'm on those birds. Yeah. And, like, my shooting hasn't deteriorated that badly. Yeah. Put the black cloud in the gun, bang, 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 triple. Yeah. On decoy, you know, decoying geese are right in your face. It's, oh, sure. It wasn't, you yeah. know, it wasn't like it was some heroic thing. <laughs> but it was the diff It was the ammunition. It was so... It was so obviously better. Yeah. The, that it was. Brandon looked at me. He goes, "Man, what a difference!" He's like, it, "This is unreal." He goes, "It's like there's not even 
shot loaded in the other ones. Yeah, it, it you know it really isn't even you know like that that WF you know like it's probably a WF one forty two two right. When you start looking at that, we you know we have our, our premium lines, which is our Black Cloud and our, our heavy bismuth and those lines. Then we have we call our promo lines, right? Those WF loads you can find them everywhere. You can buy them. You can certainly you know buy a lot more of them, right? Because the price point is there, and right. they draw birds when you start to look at the consistency that we're able to load now, and and oh. really the the you know the technology on that loading side of things is just phenomenal. I mean, it's unbelievable. So you start to see that, and you know, you call them a promo load, but it's a premium load. I mean, you take those blue box loads out there all Dude. day long, and it's the same thing when you start talking our, our upland loads, right? You go through there, and a lot of it comes down to that quality and consistency that we're able to load. So you know from the first box to the fourth box or the tenth box through the season, you're going to get that same consistent, right. you know, performance and that's it that's a great thing for and that's a huge thing we hear from our customers right we come to shows like this we talk to all the guys and gals coming by and they say we, we want something that's going to work right and so that's where our goal is and whether it's our, our our promo load all the way up and through our premium lines is we just focus on that performance and that capability and, and that carries all the way through whether it's the one box to the 10 box you know it's it's really funny because i've got obviously i hunt with a lot of different guys throughout mm -hmm. the year and they're not all tied in with Eastman's and wingmen's and we're just buddies. Yeah. And <clears throat> invariably the shell that gets used more than any other is the blue box. Oh yeah. And it's almost always three inch twos because <laughs> it works for everything. <laughs> everything. Geese, yeah. ducks, I mean it just works. Yep. And guys are you have that you guys have that value pack, that four sure. four box yeah, value pack. Round, yeah. Guys are eating that up. Yeah. Eating it up. Hey, right down to like text messaging, like, dude, so and so's got <laughs> Eight value packs in stock, and yeah. they run out, and they you know they buy it, and having that ability to have such a high quality, consistent product that's affordable, yeah, big time for guys that they love it, yeah, you know, and you're not sacrificing performance by with price point, no, absolutely at all, you know, and that's where you know, and, and if you really want to dump into there, whether you're shooting a double or you're shooting a, an auto loader, you know, and having that third shot, you know, some folks that are out there, if you're hitting in the blind and you have the ability to do that. You know, they're, they're stacking loads, right? So they may shoot the blue box on their first or second shot and then load a, a black cloud as their third shot. So right. they're focusing on that, you know, especially if you're talking, you know, sitting in a blind or, or you know, layouts or anything like that and you have the ability, you're not, you're not waiting and dealing with all what's got in this pocket or that pocket. You know, you can do that, and that really, you know, is kind of a, a great opportunity to, to volume shoot through some of those promo loads but then still have that third shot, you know, or your second shot if you're in a double um, that you're maybe going to be able to, to take down that bird if you if you had a bad shot on your first go around. Right. And it's a, you know, but they're great loads. I mean, oh. all the way from start to finish. It's it's a it's a great thing. That's the coolest thing about what I get to do, and you too. Yeah. We get to play with the best stuff. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know what so I mean? And it's like, it's all good. Yeah. We all and everybody's got their favorites. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd say probably the office favorite for us and with our crew of guys is just Black Cloud. Yeah. Straight up, I mean, straight up Black Cloud, yeah. and it, it's it's wicked. Yeah, I mean, it just absolutely hammers stuff. And then we had a chance to shoot the Prairie Storm. Sure, yeah. Um, we don't have we, we don't do a ton of of upland hunting. We do I I do as much as I can. Yep. Um, we had a horrible year for pheasants in our in our neck of the woods. Is that right? We had the bird bird flu was hard on them. Yeah. We had a cold wet spring which was hard on the hatch. Yeah. And the there's still a ton of standing corn. 
yeah, where I we are. See, yeah. And so that's where that's where all those birds are. Because like I can't find any birds. I'm like, because you see that big cornfield? That's where they're all. Yeah, that's they where, the ones it. that are left. That's where they're yeah. at. Yeah, we saw that a lot in Western <coughs> Kansas this year. Going out there, I mean, there was a lot of fields. I mean, they just they weren't picking. It was so dry out there, and just yep. uh, it was a it was a challenging year for that. And and uh, um, so when you do get the chance to go, right, you want to be able to use something yes. that you know is going to be able to perform. You know, Prairie Storm, obviously, that you know that's certainly my go-to, and a lot of the folks that I hunt with, um, you know, that when you're out chasing upland birds, that that's that's what you want to do, and you know, and it works great for early season birds to late season birds, right? Because yeah. that performance yep. is there. We shot it. Um, I shot it. We shot it exclusively when we did the sage grouse film. Oh, yeah. And you know, that's another kind of a. That's a that's a limited opportunity bird. Yeah. So if you got guys from your neck of the woods that are coming out to shoot sage grouse. They're going to do it once a year, <clears throat> and they're only going to shoot three, four, five times. Yeah. So it's like buy a good box of ammunition because these birds sometimes will get up right at your feet. Yeah. Sometimes they're going to get up at 40 yards. Yeah, and they're a big bird. They're big. Big bird. They're a big bird, yeah. and they take, they're a grouse, yeah. but they can take a beating. Yeah. The thing that, thing that they'll do is if you, hit them, if you hit them poorly and don't break a wing, for example, and you sail a bird, mm-hmm. they can sail. Oh yeah, forever. That open country. I like, mean, you it think is a just... pheasant can sail? It's yeah. it's like <laughs> sage grouse will get the wind at their back, and a lot of times you're hunting them in kind of ridgy country. Sure. And they will they will they're just gone. Yeah. You're like, oh, I'll get the dog on that. I'm like, no, you won't. Yeah. Yeah. That bird landed we'll see, a mile and a half away. See you tomorrow. Away. Yeah. It's, see it's you gone. tomorrow. Yeah. So having the ability to just pound that bird when it gets up and kill it cleanly. Yeah. Is so nice. Absolutely. So nice. Yeah. What. What were the highlights of your fall? You know, I had a great fall. I, uh, I, you know, like I said, I was able to go to Western Kansas for the Ringneck Classic out there and chased up. Uh, you know, we had a great – last year we had got under the quail and, and shot a, a great bunch of quail and, of course, got on the roosters too. This year, as dry as it was, you know, year-over-year year difference. We hunted a lot of the same fields. We used to have, you know, eight-foot cane – out there can't hardly even get yeah. through the jungle this year there wasn't a piece of cover over my kneecap you never even flushed a bird out of that field just and, dry and just so dry a lot of standing corn wasn't worth the prices the way that things were the farmers weren't even picking and so a lot of the birds i think we're we're piling into there and you know hopefully the moisture that we get this winter was good and not not too much and right. not too hard on them. they had some places to go um so yeah great upland season through there hunted in iowa um, and waterfowl was a great time too. Went out to North Dakota to cool. uh, Gackle Duck Fest. That was a really fun time where we got to, to test a lot of these new products sure. out there. And so that was really kind of cool to take the uh, you know the product that we had and kind of give it to some of these hunters that were out there and not tell them exactly what it was. You know, so they got a chance to to use it in the field, come back, and we talked to them that night, and they're like what is this stuff? <laughs> they were like, what is this stuff? We need this, you know, as they were going through, because they had some guys in their group that were shooting whatever it was. I think we, we sent out some blue box stuff, you know, and, and of course they, a lot of them bring their own stuff too. And then a couple of the guys that we had kind of teased out these different products to, they're like, holy cow, man, we need this. We need to know what this is. So now we're at that point. Now they know what it is, right? Awesome. And they're excited. So, um, you know, chase some ducks up in, in Canada with Delta waterfowl. But um, just recently I was able to go to southern Arizona with Quail, uh, Quail Forever and a lot of their folks there with some of their board and their, their new incoming CEO, uh, Marilyn Vetter, excited to have her at the helm now and, and, uh, and, and chase desert quail. I've never done it before. It was 
an absolutely unbelievable time. So we uh, we hunted Merns the first day and, and got into a lot of really great coveys and, and learned how the dogs work so differently in that hilly country and that mountainous, you know, kind of desert um, was awesome. And then the next day we transitioned over into the, the desert birds and, and went after scaled quail and, and uh, gambrels. And we got into a bunch of coveys there, but they hunt so differently, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, those Merns will hold tight. The dogs will go on point. You can kind of come and strategize, you know, and kind of come into where you want to go, get your lanes. Um, and then the desert quail are just they're just runners they're right. always moving and they're running so dog will go on point birds keep running they're re refocusing reshifting um but what a great what a great hunt that was i mean it was so much fun to be down there and to do that um into january so, so that was cool. really kind of the cap off of every you know all my seasons everything there now just uh, just shooting a few clays here and, and there you got your you got your quail slam i did there. yes i was able to do it. we got i got one uh scaled quail on that second day was lucky enough to put me over that and uh got all three species so that was just just a super super time and you know beautiful beautiful countryside too we were south of tucson a ways and um you know wonder i mean it's gorgeous they've had a lot of really good water too that that helped them out and they've right. had some good hatches and so that was a that was a great thing and that's so cool you know i as i travel around and do do a lot of hunting with with friends and and go through all this stuff like i've you know, to me, it's, you know, certainly it's about the hunt, but to me, it's about the people, right? It's just like coming to this show, right? It's so much fun to talk and to tell those stories, you know, at the tailgate or in the evening when you're, when you're done and having dinner and hearing about everybody else's adventure of, you know, what was it that they were chasing a couple weeks ago or what tags did they draw, you know, if they're into big game hunting. And, and that to me is just, is just awesome, right? It's just such a great community to be a part of. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sitting here. Your back is to the is to the f the floor, <laughs> and I'm sitting here trying to maintain eye contact with you. But there's there's people everywhere now. Yeah. Oh it's yeah. Like it's it's the, filling in. It's filling up fast, yeah. and so, yeah, it's super cool. It's a it's a it's a lot of fun. It's a great atmosphere. Yeah. And it's it's neat. Like you said, I love, I love talking about hunting. Yeah. And I love talking about bird hunting in particular, and helping guys with gear. You know, yeah. with gear questions or whatever it might be that's I've, I've always been kind of a gear guy sure yeah and so to be at a place like this where everybody's that's what's so cool about hunt expo is everybody that's here is here because of hunting oh absolutely you know it's not like some other shows where people are just bored let's go walk yeah, around let's go burn a day go see what's right there. this yeah. show it's full of hunters it's passion i mean there yes. is passion pouring out of these people and and it's so much you you, they come into the booth, right? I mean, and it's, I'm sure it's the same thing right here at Eastman's. You, they come into our booth, and they're like, oh, my gosh. And then you, they dive right into the story about, you know, chasing this bull through Colorado or, you know, hey, I was in North Dakota, <coughs> and we were chasing Sharpies and, like, all these different great stories that they go into. You know, and that that's how that connection with our end users, right, our consumers is so big. And you guys have to have the same kind of thing, right? It's a right? ball. You I tell love those it. stories, yep. and you can just – you can feel the energy when they tell those and you just you know it's just one after another after another all day long and it's so much fun to go back at the end of the night and be like holy cow i'm gonna go to bed wake up tomorrow and do it all over again you know <laughs> yeah it's i you know you tr I try to maintain contact with my wife and kids at yeah what, you know, what, they're at home and she just knows that i'm i'm probably not gonna i'm probably not gonna call home much now i know right I'm probably not you're not well i'll try to facetime a couple times this week yeah. but don't expect to hear from me yeah. you know because we're busy this is that yeah. you're here we're here early in the morning we're here until late in the evening and then we're out doing stuff in the after that 
it is a grind, but it is so much fun. It is. It's so. It's like it's hard to stop. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I went to bed last night late, and I same same thing, right? God bless my wife. She's at home. I got a daughter and, and another boy on the way, which is awesome. Congratulations! Right? So that is a great great deal. But it's she knows when I go to this show specifically. Like she knows there's just so many people that you know you have connections with and that you've met over the years that it's hard, right? It's not a. Whoop, punch out booth closed at seven and go and you know do it again at eight o'clock no i mean you're going from one event to the next yep. and just talking and, and meeting and greeting a lot of these people and it's just it's so much fun you it, know? Is. it is it just, is it's awesome you know? we are blessed to yes, do what we absolutely. do what we love yeah no, no doubt. doubt about it oh man well we got another got another podcast coming up and so i gotta give up the booth yeah but dude thank you for jumping on well, with thanks us thanks for having me man what yeah. a pleasure it was to just sit here and talk and Absolutely. just have a good time to start the show you know just Absolutely. A great, great i appreciate it John. yeah well so you got to come out i do you yeah, gotta I'd come out to. and hunt. i'd love to we've got I, I say this all the time and it's a there's a fine line between bragging up your <laughs> your, your your spot yeah and keeping it on the dl you no know doubt. what i mean no doubt but it's like whenever i get somebody that like you you can just see the passion in the fire i'm like if you get a chance, call me. Let's put a hunt together. Yeah, that would be you great. You know, come on out. We'd love to have you. Put you on some unique Wyoming stuff. Sure. And whether it's Upland or whatever, yeah. we'd love to have you. So the invitation stands. Oh, I appreciate that. I appreciate so that. I always try to close with this question. Yep. If you could only hunt one bird one way, what's it going to be? I would have to say um, ducks over decoys on the water. I just love watching ducks commit and come into there and, and, and i even get that when i hunt with a lot of people that i don't hunt often with or new people and i'm sitting there watching and i'll just get lost in the moment right and ducks are coming in feet down coming into decoys and you know some of these other i mean so excited which is great right and they're boom 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 and they're like did you get it? i'm like i didn't even shoot man i was just watching because it was watching. Just so much fun to do that so i would say that would be hard to be but that's a tough question man i tell you i mean it's, it is it is so tough that's why I yeah ask it. i know right you really drill I, down into yeah. what people are all about absolutely yeah that's, that's so much one. fun because there's so much work that puts into it right you're throwing decoys you're calling you're doing everything kind of have to have things set up right and so you know there's a lot of variables that can jump into there so that is just it's hard to beat that i'm with you i i'm i'm with you i i love all bird birds you know it could be starlings at the dump i'm in <laughs> i'm in you know what i mean it's hunting i'm in yeah you know but yeah i we've everybody's got their thing and yeah. it's it's fun to talk to different folks from around the country because there's great regionality oh absolutely in what by in what people choose yeah the guys in the south it's almost always flooded timber mallards yeah that's almost something i've never done always. but they I is, I've, I've never done it and they talk to everybody doing all these trips and they're like you got to do it you got it so I've, i that's definitely on my list because of all the different stories that i've heard we should do it together stuff. yeah we should we should head we south should figure we should it. figure out something for next fall and yeah. go do it yeah it would be so much fun to do for sure cool yeah well dude thank you very hey, much thanks for having had me. a great yeah. time enjoy your show yeah you too all right likewise We'll see you later, guys. Thanks for tuning in to uh, this episode of the Wingman Podcast. Be sure to go and check out Federal's complete lineup of ammunition on their website. Um, again, we ran through some really, really good stuff. It's the best ammo, best shotgun ammo I've ever shot, hands down, and I, you're going to be happy. So just go check it out. Find something that works for you. Turkey season's coming up. Check out all that full line of TSS loads. If you want a challenge... Get yourself a 410, get yourself some 410 TSS, and get after them. Anyway, till next time, we'll see you in the field.